And just continuing with the theme of this morning, the most comforting thing to know is that God is fighting for us. God is fighting for us. So, Israel has been released, not by Pharaoh's choice, not because he wanted it to happen, but because God loved his people so much that Pharaoh finally had to say, enough is enough, get out. And as they leave, they turn to the neighbors and said, hey, do you have anything for our journey? And all of a sudden, all of Egypt was plundered and it was given over to the Israelites because they knew that God's hand was upon them. All of Egypt knew that these people were so special that a God, a God that they believe in, they trust, was moving and fighting on behalf of his people, causing the plagues to happen. Finally, they're on their way, and all of a sudden, Pharaoh realizes that he made a mistake, and he goes after them, starts chasing them. And God sends a, the, the fire and the cloud to separate Pharaoh from, me, uh, from Israel. And, but they're stuck between the Red Sea. So the Red Sea is there, and they start to realize, wait a minute, what's going on? We have nowhere to go. We're stuck. We're going to be killed. And they start to complain to Moses. So God led the people toward the Red Sea. He was doing all of this. And then finally they're there. And remember the scene in the Bible series in 2013 where Moses stands in the Red Sea and says, Lord! My son did that at Michigan Lake the other day. He gets his staff. Because they all had staffs. <laughs> and this is literally how it sounded. Lord! Bloop! <laughs> it didn't work for him. But Moses goes out to the Red Sea and puts his staff there and it separates and they were able to cross on dry ground. They were able to cross on dry ground. Exodus 14, 13 says this. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm. You will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. And the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Exodus 14 Verses 13 and 14 to me is one of the most powerful examples of putting faith in a God that you know, in a God that you trust, and a God that has proven himself time and time again. What's happened up to this point? We had the creation, God created the heavens and the earth. He created people. They messed up. But God promised that he was going to send redemption. He was going to send the seed 
He was going to send Jesus. But during this time, people started to turn from God. They started getting evil and wicked to the point where God had to reset the population because it was so evil and wicked before the Lord that He had to redeem it. But there was one man named Noah who was blameless and pure. And God created a boat, created an ark. And with that, he was able to save people and creation in an ark. And then all of a sudden after that, they, start to, they were told to go and spread out and, and to repopulate the earth and to, to do what God originally asked them to do and to, to be fruitful and multiply. But they wanted to stay together. The people decided, you know what, we're just going to stay here. We're going to do what we want. We're going to build this tower, build this, this, this great thing. We're going to reach the heavens. It's going to be great. And God said, no way. Don't disobey what I ask. And he comes down and he starts to confuse their language. He starts to confuse. And this was before Google, so there's no closed caption. You can't, you can't read what they're saying. There's no, trans, no Google Translate. They didn't understand a word they said. And so they spread out. And all of a sudden, and then what happens? Babylon, this Mesopotamia area, starts to create this wickedness. And it is out of this area where we get all of the stuff that is even today still running rampant in Satanism and in our culture, this Babylonian worship of gods. Out of that area, God brings a man called Abraham. I, I love it how the way God works. God says, okay, you want to be rebellious? Fine. Out of your rebellion, I'm going to bring someone that is going to save the nations. You see, God has always got a, the ultimate plan. You think that your life is going around, just like Israel thought, man, we're just being led everywhere, and now we're against the Red Sea. This is a mistake. No, God has a plan greater than you can imagine. So out of this rebellion, God brings Abraham and Abraham then goes to a land and that is not his, and God gives it to him. And a, a miracle happens. Abraham and Sarah, who are old and beyond the years of childbearing, have a child. I hope my mother is watching this episode today because she looked at us because we were talking about kids. And she looked at me and my wife, she says, and she was talking to Pete and Cynthia. She said, you see your parents, me and Cheryl? They're like Abraham and Sarah. I said, Ma, you just called me old. What is going on? And, you know, we got offended. We got offended. So that was the thing. They kept calling us. So Cynthia's, we're walking up that hill. Cynthia's like, how you doing, Abraham? God does something that cannot be explained by human ability and technology. He takes someone that has gone past the years and produced life. Did that. And then all of a sudden, you get the 12 nations. God fulfills it and says, and then all of a sudden the people then are saved because Joseph gets sold into slavery. He goes before Israel and he becomes the second in command. He gets all of this great he gets all of this great power because God gives him a dream to interpret the Pharaoh and he's put second command. All of a sudden people move from, from Israel from Egypt, or from uh, Israel to Egypt and, and God flourishes them and all people are just running. Just boop, 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 and all of a sudden years go by and a Pharaoh that did not know Joseph 
comes into power and enslaves these people, God's people. Could you imagine hearing these stories as a slave? Oh, God saved the world by Noah. Oh, God gave Abraham a miracle. And just before he was going to sacrifice his son, he provided a lamb. God has promised that we would be a great nation. Yeah, but we're slaves. We're stuck here. How, do you, how would you feel hearing these great stories? I mean, sometimes you ever read the Bible, and you're like, man, God, David was a murderer, an adulteress. He was caught in adultery. He murdered her husband. And you moved on his behalf? And you won't answer my prayers? God, how could you do that? How could you do that? And, and so I, sometimes I get frustrated to read the Bible because I'm seeing all these people that are being used. I mean, here's Balaam. You remember the story where the donkey talked to him and warned him? Balaam, God wasn't a good guy. And yet God appeared to him and spoke through him. And I'm thinking, man, Lord, I have a hard time hearing you. How can this guy who's wicked hear you? And so imagine being a slave and all of a sudden you're hearing all these great stories. But what about now? What about us? Finally, God steps in and saves them, sets them free by miracle after miracle and plague after plague. And all of a sudden, they're free. And then they turn around, they see that Pharaoh's right on their tail. And all of a sudden, fear sets in their heart. And they start to complain, and we should have just went back. We should go back. And Moses comes in and says, do not be afraid. That is the first thing that we must always understand when it comes to being people of faith. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid because the one who is in control, the one who is going to part the sea, the one who is going to save you in your darkest and your most troubling time is the one who is in control. So you should not be afraid. As we were driving through Chicago, we had our four oldest kids or 3.5. One's not in yet, but pretty close. And, uh, and so they're following us. The kids are following us in the second car. And, um, you know, we had these old walkie-talkies. You know, and I said, how you doing back there? Doing good. We're doing great. You know what? No problem. Went through Chicago, no problem. Why? Because they had a big Yukon they were following. Right? They weren't doing it on their own. They were following someone who knew the way. Following someone who told them, hey, Coming up here on your left, we're going to be turning about a half a mile. Make sure you get to the left or, or make sure you get over to the right. They were following someone who already knew the way. So what were they doing? Hey, how you doing? Oh, man, Chicago's no problem. When you're following someone who knows the story, you don't have to be afraid. God says, do not be afraid. Through Moses, Moses told the people, do not be afraid. Why? Because Moses knows God. He knows him. And when you know your God, you know, do not be afraid, but, but everything will fail if, if this doesn't happen. Let me tell you something. My wife and I, we've gone through those moments where if, if this doesn't happen on this day, it's all done. You know what happened? We went past that day. We went past that day a long time, and God still did something cool and great. Why? Because we know our God. Don't be afraid. You must not be afraid. And then he said to him. Stand firm. Stand firm. Sometimes you just need to just buckle down and say, okay, I'm not going to doubt you, God. 
you got to get those thoughts that are running through your mind under control and say, okay, I stand firm. I'm not going to doubt you. You must stand firm. But if you stand firm on your own ability, your own confidence, you're going to buckle in the knees. You're going to see disappointment. But when you stand upon the word of God, I'm telling you, you will stand firm knowing that you are putting your faith in a God who has never failed. Because if Israel, if these people would have just forgot about what was behind them, Pharaoh, and really thought about the story, wow, we were enslaved, and next thing you know, we're free, and God did all these things through plagues. Oh, yeah, God is in control. Do you see how panic and fear bring God to such a small thing? When panic and fear sets in, you start to limit God and you start to make him smaller. But when you are not afraid and you stand firm, no, my God is my God. My God is my God. You stand firm. I was praying the other day and I had all these thoughts come into my mind. I got a, you know, I got a letter from someone that says, you know, hey, you know, we appreciate your church, but we, you know, we finally found a home church and, and uh, we're not going to be sending our tithe anymore. And, and you know, and I just want to thank you and all that. And I was like, okay, that's great. I went downstairs, and, 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 uh, and these thoughts were going through my mind. You're not going to make it. You can't do it without their help. You can't do it and all this. And I went downstairs. You know what I did? I said, Lord, you have never failed me. God, I'm not here because of someone. I am here because of you. And I will stand firm on the promises. And I started praising the Lord for all the things he's promised. Why? Because he is so good. I know him. And I stand firm. You know what I found out the next day? Those thoughts keep coming back. And I had to, I had to be louder this time. And when my family knows when the floor starts thumping, you know, something's going on. You know, my, my wife would always tell people when they come over and the music's going on, I'm in prayer. They would, oh, he's just working it through right now. He's just working it through. And I go, why? I'm standing firm. I'm not going to be shaken. I'm not going to be doubting God. He's been with me every single step of the way. Every single step. And I'll tell you this. If God doesn't move on my behalf, everything fails. But I'm okay with that. Because God never fails. But you gotta, you got to get to that point where you can trust him that way. you got to get to that point where you say, you know what, I stand firm. First thing you got to do is get over the fear. Oh, God, what am I going to do? What am I gonna do? Hey, settle down. You're following the Yukon. You're following God. You're following someone who knows the path that you're on and where you're supposed to go. All you got to do is stay close. All you got to do is stay close. On the way to Michigan, uh, my taillight went out. And then my other taillight went out. On, the, on one trip, both my taillights go out. But you know what? They were staying close, so they knew where I was. And I still had the big red one on the top, and then we fixed it once we got to Michigan. But... But they didn't, have, they didn't have the taillights to follow. But they stayed close. you got to stay close to God. And I guarantee you, when you start to separate with your walk and your commitment and your, your, your time with him, you're going to start to be afraid. Where is he? Where is he? God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Stay close. Don't be afraid. Stand firm. And I love this. You will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. I love the confidence that Moses has. I love the confidence. You will see the deliverance of the Lord today. When we would watch game shows, you know, when, when my wife and I, you know, before kids took over the TV, you know, we would watch a game show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, or whatever show it was on, and, um, and I would always tell her the answer. 
And you know what? For the first several years of our life, she believed me. And then she realized all I was doing was speaking in confidence, but I had no clue what I was talking about. You know, I just, I said it in confidence, right? And, and, and you're believable when you say things in confidence. But Moses knew who God was. And he says, you will see it even today. I wrote, and I'm, I'll bring this to a close in just a moment here. I wrote in my devotional time on the last day in 2000, 2019, on the last, or yeah, 2019, the Lord told me something. He says that you will see my salvation. You will see my hand move. Just trust and wait. He told me that when I couldn't see it. And he told me that when I didn't believe it. He told me that when I was afraid and I wasn't standing firm. He told me that. Then all of a sudden, just a few days later, God will show up and do the most amazing thing for my family and I. And God saved us from the moment of embarrassment and trials and tribulation. He did all of that. And now, what do I say? When God tells me to stand firm, when God tells me a promise or a dream, I say it with confidence because I know that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. I know that he is for me and not against me and he will not withhold any good thing, that he never forsakes those who seek him. I know God. I'm not bragging or patting myself on the back because here's the thing, you can know him just the same way. Can I just let you into the secret of how I know God? I stay close. Just stay close. Because I go through the same fears and struggles that you do. I go through the same moments where I'm afraid and I'm ashamed and I'm hurt. But I just stay close. And it's in those close moments that God reminds us, hey, I got this. Watch me move on your behalf. Just like the Lord spoke to you today. Let me work. Let me work. He's fighting for you. And then, finally... Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Sometimes you just got to take your hands off the steering wheel. Don't, don't do this on the road. But spiritually speaking, sometimes you got to take your hands off. You say, okay, God. Okay, God. Sometimes you just got to back away and say, okay, God. I've done everything I can. But I really do need to see you move today. Because I just need you to be God. I was praying the other day. And I remember just, just all these thoughts going through my mind. All these feelings and emotions. And I just remember just, I didn't know what to say. Here I am in the presence of God. I didn't know what to say. And so I simply looked up to the heavens and I said, I just need you to be God. I just need you to be God. Because Peter Ortega has really messed things up. Peter Ortega doesn't have all the answers. Peter Ortega has no clue what to do. I just need you to be God. And then the Lord just, in his very sweet way, just almost felt like he bent down and said, about time, just let me be God. Be still. See that the Lord is fighting for you. Just take a breather. Relax. God's fighting for you. Settle down. You know, when kids would hurt themselves, and there's always two reactions. 
Two reactions I observed from parents. When a kid would fall and scrape the knee, a kid would fall and hurt themselves. The first reaction from a parent would be this, oh, are you okay? And what happens to the kid? Ah! And then there's my reaction. Kid falls down, hey, did you hurt the concrete? No. Well, good, because it looked like you bent it. I ain't bent it. Take a breather. It's going to be okay. Yeah, I know it hurts. I know you hurt yourself. I know that it does not pleasant. But just be still. Settle down. Breathe. Breathe. My son was in pain. And, uh, and he was just overexerted with pain. And as he was just going through it, I just said, breathe. Concentrate on your breathing. Just in and out. You know what happens? We stop to forget about all the pain. Now it's real. But you just got to settle down. Settle down and know that the Lord is fighting for you. So in my prayer time, when I'm here, when I'm worshiping in the store, and things start running in my mind, when have you ever failed me, God? If you would not forsake Jesus on the cross, you will not forsake me. If you would not turn your back on people that turn so easily from you, like Israel did over and over again, you will not turn. If you can take someone like David who has committed adultery and murder, wasn't the best dad, and you called him a man after your own heart, how much more your son who is saved by the blood of Jesus? How much more? You see, let God fight for you. So this morning, I want to encourage you. Let God fight for you. Just take a breather. Relax. Yes, you'll have problems to deal with. Yes, those things are real. I'm not dismissing any of that. But I'm just saying, just take your hands off and just enjoy the fact that you don't have to be afraid. Stand firm in what you believe and watch God move. Breathe. And he's fighting for you.